We are back in studio with another great pod in store for you all today. We have a special guest, the highly requested guest from you guys all from your feedback on Instagram. Had a little interview with him. Yep. Drama level, not yep. quite where it was, but no, not quite. But um, we needed to we needed to settle down a little bit. There were some shots fired. I may have thrown a stray unintentionally, but there also were, very intentionally. Somehow there were still some a few strays thrown out in this in this video. Although we did not intend that way. We didn't intend it that way, but I had an opportunity to throw a stray and I, I capitalized on it. But Jack, we got into a little bit of a new audience now. Probably a lot of new listeners that weren't listening last calendar year. Yep. If they're into the drama, I got to give them something. That's you know? right. That's I got to right. give them their fix a little bit. That's fair. So Give the people what they want. Once that interview concluded, Jack and I both gave our whiffs of the week. And then we did preview the Super Bowl a little bit to wrap things up. As well as giving you guys an announcement on the next MLW video. So... That's the pod. It's a great pod. Enjoy it. And this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. We have Jack back in studio this evening. And Jack, we are celebrating last week's episode that has been streamed or watched or listened over 6.5 thousand times. Unbelievable. Something something clicked. Something, something clicked. clicked in the algorithm. And, uh, it's called drama. It's called drama. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Drew Davis and Sawyer Bian. I guess that was all it took. I think if we'd known that, we would have just had him on. We would have done the Sawyer, Drew, Sawyer, I, Drew, I told Sawyer, you that's Drew. The pl- that's the million-dollar plan. Right, we're not going to yeah. do it because we're not sellouts, <laughs> but that's the million-dollar plan. It really is. And uh, I do want to say a few words about that. We do have a guest here waiting, the most requested guest, by the way. I'm sure you could guess who it is. But yeah, it's not Jimmy Norp. It's not Jimmy Norp. But a lot of mixed feedback, I'd say, on the whole Drew Sawyer thing, call it drama, whatever. And people saying this was staged, you guys shouldn't have did this, bad look for the league, whatever. And well, I'm <laughs> people just, are saying it's yeah, staged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to clear the air and just say, number one, it's not staged. It's all real. And number two, I think these are the things that you guys love about MLW. We are a bunch of goofballs, a bunch of friends out here playing a backyard game. Yeah. And what happens in the backyard game? People fight sometimes. People get in arguments and disagreements. And guess what? You move on. You laugh it off. And guess what both of those guys said at the end of the interviews? Sawyer said, I got nothing against Drew. Yeah. And Drew said, I got nothing against Sawyer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not personal. It's not that serious. But those two guys, if you guys have seen on the field the last couple years, you saw Sawyer go at Russell and you've seen Drew... Getting guys' heads. That's just how they are. Yeah, I think that that's part of the purpose of this podcast is to give you guys even more of an insight as to who these characters in the Mm -hmm. league are, right? Like, you guys get a little bit of it from the videos in terms of how different people act. And Drew's been around for a lot longer. So, you know, those of you who have been watching our videos for a while probably have a good idea of Drew's personality. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe some of that didn't surprise you at all. Uh, but that's really what we're trying to do ultimately is, you know, give you listeners like more, more uh, insight and, and get to know the players a little bit more. I re- I think it's actually really funny that people thought that was staged because if you know <laughs> Sawyer and you know Drew, you would know how genuine both of those conversations yeah. were. I said, I replied to a lot of the comments and I said, here's what happened. Sawyer said he wanted to come on the podcast. Jack and I prepared an interview. And Sawyer pretty much just went. We didn't really interview him. We, we went just like talked. this with the interview. <laughs> yeah. That was, those were our notes before he that. He just talked. And, you know, could I have cut it all out of the episode? Yeah. But I just, I like to give the players a voice, like you said. Yep. And yes, we have younger viewers. And maybe it's not the best way to talk about someone when they're not present in the room or talk negatively about someone at all. 
But, you know, learn from that. Learn from that if you weren't a fan of it. Talk about it as a family, whatever it may be. That's right. And uh, everyone deserves a voice, like we said. So Sawyer had some thoughts and opinions you wanted to share. Well, this is the place to do it. That's right. Absolutely. No better floor. No better floor. And while it would have been nice to have Sawyer on again to continue that back and forth <laughs> drama, have another 10,000 view podcast, uh, we wanted to reel it back in today. And I did that with a, a guy who I know to be a pretty level-headed player in this league. Now he's a player, no longer a manager. That's Brendan Zerlag. And thanks for joining us, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, did you tune into the drama the last few weeks? I haven't tuned in. Um, <laughs> obviously, it all started with the Instagram post. Like you said, a lot of people think it's staged. A lot of people thought this was a staged trade. Um, people were saying it's unfair for the league, unfair for the Cobras. Obviously, I mean, a lot of people think that Sawyer is the better player. I mean, he had, he had a great couple seasons so far. Um, last year, I didn't have the greatest year, but I'm ready to come back. But, I mean, the drama's crazy. Well, it's funny because, yeah, all of a sudden we have this Sawyer versus Drew drama here in the Wiffleball podcast sphere, this niche community. And uh, you're kind of been the forgotten man these last two weeks because you were the one who got traded, not Drew. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm glad the fans wanted to have you on. Glad you're available tonight. And, yeah, just what's the vibe like and the energy like for yourself and all this? Because you were the one involved. You're stepping down, taking on a new role. Uh, were you surprised to see the feedback and the way the fans responded to everything? I was definitely a little surprised. Part of me kind of expected it. Um, but, you know, I just can't wait. This is such a new opportunity for me. I love my time on the Gators. Obviously, we won a World Series. Love playing with Jorgi. Love playing with Chris Chadwick. I mean, that was a great time. We had a great run. But, I don't know, I think it was time for me to get a new atmosphere. Uh, I, even towards the last couple of seasons, it wasn't just I was the main manager, which I kind of made obvious. It was kind of like a we were kind of a team managing, and it was kind of just whatever we thought was best we would do, and that's how we'd work. And part of it worked, part of it didn't. So I was open to a new opportunity, and that's what I've been brought. Yeah, I think that makes sense, um, you know, from a person in, inside the league, kind of seeing how uh, the management – you know, how, how the Gators organization was managed. It makes sense what you're saying, but I'm kind of curious as to know when exactly, you know, stepping down from a, from a manager role, even though you weren't obviously maybe doing it all by yourself, but stepping down from a manager role, moving to a new team, being really just a player. When did that first kind of creep into your head? Um, You know, it was, I always honestly kind of creeping around after the world. Well, obviously after the world series, that thought was never even <laughs> close to being in my head. Cause I was like, well, maybe we have a chance going back to back. And then uh, the 2022 season didn't do very well. Um, and then we got Chadwick. So I was like, Oh, I mean, this could be a change. I wanted it. Georgie wanted it. Chris wanted it. I mean, those three are like basically brothers. So I thought I was going to bring great chemistry. And I think it did. Obviously results didn't show the greatest things. But, I mean, after that, I was like, um, I don't even know if I really was going to play anymore, which many of you wouldn't know. I thought I was going to maybe take a step back. But then I got offered an opportunity. Drew texted me. Kyle texted me. And they're like, hey, we have a new opportunity for you. You're stepping away from the Gators and are obviously on a new team. And then that sounded good with me. And how did your teammates take that, Georgie, Chadwick, Cheatham? Were they okay with this move for you? Were they supportive? Yeah, I, we kind of talked about it along the way. I kind of said, I, I mean, guys, it's nothing personal, obviously. Love playing with them. But I was like, I don't know, the Gators, this might be, this band might be breaking up a little bit. Uh, I might be onto something new. But obviously, like I said, nothing personal. Just wanted to try something else out. So not not trying to uh, 
not trying to stir up any more drama here, but you obviously, <laughs> you know, you played with Jorgie, Cheatham, Chadwick. You know those guys. Um, you you know Sawyer a little bit, obviously. Chemistry, as we've talked about on this podcast, is huge. I think that it was clear from Drew. Um, I think it's clear from you the fact you know that you made this trade that you think the chemistry on the the Cobras will be um, will be good. My question is, you know, knowing those guys on the Gators and knowing Sawyer, do you think that they will have chemistry kind of right away, or um, do you think that that might be something like they may have overlooked in the trade? Uh, well, I'm not going to say they're going to have bad chemistry. Uh, I talked to Sawyer a little bit, and then I also heard from his episode that like uh, Chris reached out to him right away and said they're going to have practices right away. So that's obviously a good sign for the Gators and uh, just adding a new player with Sawyer. Uh, I do think it's going to be a little hard. Um, I think Chris, Ch- uh, Chadwick, and Georgie, obviously those three are always going to get along and have great chem, but adding in a piece, I never felt like an outlaw, like an outcast on the team because I I mean, I kind of assembled it, but I mean, you could always tell like those three, they always, they grew up together. You knew they were, had each other's back from the get go, but I think I, overall, I think they'll be okay. And what about you on the Cobras? How do you think this group will mesh? You mentioned Drew texted you, and Drew vocalized that he had always wanted you. I didn't know that. I knew you were buddies with Sean. But what's your guys' vibe like, and how do you and Drew go back friendship-wise, and uh, why does this feel like a good fit for you moving forward? Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but Drew and my older brother played baseball together for a couple of years. So when I first got invited to MLW, it was actually – kind of drew's idea because he wanted my brother to play because my brother was a pretty good baseball player and he was like he didn't want to play so then he offered me <laughs> like he was actually i want to play and then i eventually got into triple a and so on whatever that doesn't really matter but i always wanted to play with drew obviously he said me and sean are good friends we've known each other for a long time but me drew and sean we've golfed together before we, we hang out together i think this is going to be great team chemistry and we have baron who's showed he can be one of the best pitchers in the league and then we obviously have number two pick. Sidebar, who's the best golfer out of those three? I'm curious. <laughs> Me, undisputed. Undisputed? Undisputed. How is Drew? He's so noodly on the wiffle ball field. I, I, I am struggling to picture what his golf swing would look like. Oh, you can definitely picture it in your I, I think, right now. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, but is there like before you even opened your mouth, I was going to say, Jack, just picture Drew singing a golf club. That's exactly what it looks like. Like It is the hybrid yeah. of a baseball swing, a swing and a hockey stick and a lacrosse stick all morphed into one. Man, I've seen him hit the ball. I, you're a lot more cleaner strokes or lag, but Drew can play, right? Yeah, he can play. I mean, he still kind of has the beginner playing where he can drop the ball if he wants to. But remind <laughs> me to send you a clip. I have him. I have a video of him hitting off of the cart path. Oh, so please. Oh, geez, I think please. that says enough. Please, that please provide enough. that to the Pipe It Up viewers. Yes. I would really appreciate yeah. that. With, Much needed. If Drew will give permission, we'd love to have that clip broadcast yeah. to the world. Yeah, no. It seems only fair. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it sounds like your golf game's going pretty good, but um, the last the last few seasons, like you said, haven't been your best at the plate. 
Um, I guess first part of the first part of the question, what do you really think was the the reason behind those struggles? And you know, conversely, like how do you plan to uh, sort of rectify that here with your new team? Oh uh, yeah, like I mean, like you said, it wasn't hasn't been great lately. But I think it's really all about the approach. I was uh, I was kind of becoming a walk merchant, and then I thought I could kind of just live off of that. And that obviously resulted with, I mean, these great pitchers in the league now, lots of strikeouts I've had. Um, so I think this year it's more really about just shortening up that swing and just trying to make that contact. And I mean, it's hard to make plays with the wiffle ball and with the grass. You never know what can happen. So I think if you put in play, good things can happen. That okay. makes sense. I like That's that fair. term, walk merchant. I do like that as well. I was going to call yourself maybe a Ryan Kelly, but walk merchant we is need, more. We need we need Sean to break down who are, who are the top walk merchants. In I think our that league. could be a piece off there. I think I don't know what it costs. Is there like a deal maybe into this? That could be potentially some merchandise. I think walk merchant. <laughs> walk merchant. I can see that being a, a big hit amongst like the amateur wiffle ball players. Like I show like the tournaments, the walk merchants. I need to. Do, I need to become more of a walk merchant. I struck out too much too. What, what would be the opposite of a walk merchant? Someone Ooh. who's swinging at like bad pitches. What would you call? Yeah. What would you call that? Sawyer being. Oh, <laughs> you didn't want the drama. You didn't want to start the drama. You put it drama. on a T for me. You put it on a T for okay. me. Come on. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Sawyer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all part of the fun. Is it not? Is it not? Like I said, is it not? Um, okay. Walk Merchant. But I wanted to say, too, because you did have a pretty good season. I think it was 2021. Compared to your 2020 campaign where you were... People will say you got carried. You still won. You drafted well. You did your job. Mm-hmm. 2021, you started to come into your own a little bit at the plate from the left side there. Is there anything in particular you remember about that season approach-wise that maybe would have led to that success, or you think it was just right time, right place? I know I know a lot can change quickly with your body, especially in your athletic ability as you get older, as I've experienced. So, uh, A lot definitely changed, and I think there's more change where it came from. Uh, people might not know, but that was my last – time I hit in high school, I became a PO after 2021, my senior year of high school, I was just a pitcher only. So that could have had a little bit of effect. I wasn't taking batting practice anymore. Uh, I wasn't hitting on the tee. So I think one thing this off season and this season is more practice. Uh, I've talked to Drew, talked to Sean, talked to Baron. We want to have team practices a couple of times, just like whether it's BP throwing, but I definitely need to start swinging the bat more and not just the golf club. But Hopefully that can help. And then, like I said, the approach is obviously the main thing because just getting on base, Sean's going to get on base. He draws a lot of walks and just creating havoc on the base paths really is how you score runs and how you win games. So you do have pitching experience with a baseball background. I feel like most pitchers, you know, most baseball pitchers that we bring into this league can typically figure out the the wiffle ball pitching. Some can't, but I, I feel like the vast majority of them do. I don't believe you've pitched a ton in your career. Drew kind of made like a joke about it in the award show that, you know, you might be, you might be pitching for the Cobras. Is that legit? Like, is that kind of a, is that a goal at all for you to be, um, you know, a piece in their bullpen this year? Or was that really just jokes? No, that's not jokes. Um, that's actually something I'm, I've been working on. I've been throwing the ball over around, uh, I had some arm issues, so obviously you said I haven't pitched much, but I think the only time I really pitched was 2019 was my first season. And obviously, if you look at the stats, they weren't that good. But Drew is helping me develop more pitches. Drew knows the pitches. The thing is with him, he has no command. And that's not a stray <laughs> bullet. That's just me talking about my teammate. Yeah, uh, He has no command, but he knows how to throw the pitches. 
Uh, he said he could help me figure out more pitches because, like we've said, there's really no lefty pitcher. I know Jonah's thrown a couple of innings before, but there's not a lefty pitcher in this league. And sure things, if I could find command, find different pitches, that it could be a real threat in this league. I mean, I'd have to agree. I think we saw, um, we've seen it with other guys, you know, before in the league, but we saw it with RJ. I mean, he's obviously right-handed, but he's unlike any other pitcher in the league just because of how tall he is and kind of like his delivery. And yeah, I mean, if, if um, we've seen people struggle with Jonah too. So I think for sure, if, if you're able to kind of dial it in here and round out your arsenal, um, definitely would be, you know, a valuable ad for the Cobras there. Yeah, really the, the first thing that I realized was the transition from a baseball to a, a wiffle ball is, for me, it's not being able to throw the ball as hard as I can, like it's staying under the speed limit while getting that movement. I don't think people realize how hard that is because in like the tournaments, like the wiffle and the mitten, people see me pitch. I, I'm actually decent in those fast pitch tournaments where I can just throw it as hard as I want. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in our league, you can't do that, and it makes a very big difference. See, I feel like I know how to like grip the ball and throw the pitches. Mm-hmm. I have the exact opposite problem, though. Is I can't if, if I th- I can't even get it anywhere close to like the speed limit. Like I feel like if I throw it that hard, my shoulder is gonna I'm gonna throw my shoulder out. Yeah, I kind of have that issue too. I don't want to get too much on a personal note here, but it amazes me like how slow i throw the ball when throwing as hard as i can yeah like he's he, he's saying he can't keep it under. slow it down. a lot of guys can't and i'm saying if i hit 70 like I, I could my shoulder's done i must have very bad throwing mechanics especially now it's probably gotten worse since baseball but you know i'm not i'm not a big guy you wouldn't expect me to throw hard i think in my baseball days i was topping out um like 78 79 fastball but once again i'm you yes. know, five seven i'm not a big dude and i'm stronger now than i was then too but um, yeah, wiffle ball, like, I feel like I'm absolutely letting it eat, and I'm only hitting, like, low 80s, like, my max. And then Jordan, like, that's him giving nothing. Like, him mm-hmm. just lobbing, it's, like, 84. I'm like, how is that possible? That's crazy. But I, th- I know I have a couple problems because I tried to address them heading into my senior year of baseball, and then after, like, two practices of trying that, my coach and I kind of looked at each other and was like, this probably isn't <laughs> worth it, you know? Not worth it, yeah. Just because I wasn't going to pitch at the next level. And I was very, very successful as a junior just doing what I was doing, which was throwing meatballs, but knowing how to locate. So, but I, I do, um, for some baseball terms, Jack, I'll use this water bottle as an mm-hmm. example. Um, when I grip the ball, uh, audio listeners, I'll try to describe this the best I can, but I tend to use, like, I have a lot of friction on my, on my non-throwing fingers. Like, it's very deep in my grip. Okay. So I'm getting a lot of friction right here on the ball, which is slowing it down out of the hand. I tried to learn to grip the baseball like this. Mm-hmm. So I had no additional friction when releasing the ball. Mm-hmm. Could not throw a strike to save my life <laughs> after like four hours of practicing it. Okay. So we just we just bagged it. But <laughs> I think that would have helped me velocity wise. And it could apply to wiffle ball too. That might, yeah. I'll have to try that. Maybe I'll work on my pitching skills. Who knows? I will Add say some depth to the bullpen. So like if you want to pitch and become a pitcher, um, my number one piece of advice to you is you got to somehow, some way find a throwing buddy. Cause there is nothing more miserable on this world than practicing wiffle ball pitching by yourself mm-hmm. coming firsthand. Yeah. It is the worst because you gotta get the balls like in baseball. You could probably find a cement wall to throw against. So there's like pitchbacks, like there's things you can use, but wiffle ball, you kind of want to use the same ball over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got to self retrieve. Yeah. And it's just a pain in the butt. Yeah. You gotta go back and forth, back and forth. I've done it before. It's not fun. It's not yeah, fun. <laughs> that is that is true because you don't want to really practice with like thirty a bucket different of balls. balls. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's effective in, in it for, for 
certain things like getting your body back into shape and whatnot, but to really practice your locating, you need to use one ball. Yeah. So you need a retriever somehow. So that's my advice to you. Or just get a golden, get a dog. You could get a poop <laughs> dog to get it for you. Could get a good boy to do it for you. That's <laughs> uh, that's probably the best thing you could do. And it'll even scuff out the ball more for you. A little tooth mark go. here and there. There you go. Yeah. Natural scuff. Um, Zerlag, sorry for that. Um, I wanted to ask you also because the Cobras do have a bit of a, in my opinion, daunting schedule it's a here gauntlet. in 2024. I mean, the whole league's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. But so you guys have all your AL opponents. Your new opponents are now the Magic, the Preds, and the Cats, of course. And then your crossover games this year are looking like the D-backs and the Mallards. And while those two teams weren't the World Series teams <laughs> in the NL, they are good squads. So what's it going to take to get this team over the edge, the Cobras, just to make the playoffs? Let's set the bar there, the postseason. Is it doable this year? What's it going to take? I think, obviously, like you said, every team in this league is good. Every team has weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's one team that's honestly clearly better than the rest. I think any team can beat any team at any given moment. So is it? it's 15-game season. I think playoffs, I think you got to win eight games to make the playoffs, um, maybe maybe potentially more. But um, it's going to take at least two series wins, uh, which I think definitely possible. It's just going to be if all the gears are clicking at the right time, um, if our pitchers can throw strikes. If But I think the biggest thing for us is just to be scoring the runs. Um, we got to find a way to get the offense moving and going and, you know, scare the pitcher a little bit, make them not feel like they're at home where they can just get us out any way possible. So I think it's definitely possible, but, uh, I mean, we're going to have to work very hard, I think. Do you think if the Gators uh... – if the Gators end up having a really, really good season, do you think that you should be manager of the year? <laughs> like, let's say the Gators win the World Series. Does that make you manager of the year? Oh, I haven't really thought about that. Um, I think I deserve some type co, of award. Co-manager of the year? If the Gators win the World That's Series, actually, it would be will... it would be co it would be co-manager. It'd be Zerlag, Jorgie, Cheatham, Chadwick. Just give it to them all. Sawyer, yeah. All co-managers. If the Gators win the World Series next year, I think I'll dye my hair that turquoise blue you guys wear. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that, but I mean, it's an uphill battle. It is, right? Yeah. A little bit of a but rebuilding. But like he said, year. I mean, anyone, I think anyone can, I, I do agree with what he said. I think anyone I can be well. anyone. Um, crazier things have happened. I mean, the the magic, you know, the magic did it last year too, where we kind of went from worst to first. So you did. We had some. We had some pieces. They had some pieces. So, but Grant Millers don't grow on trees, Jack, and neither do idiots to trade their number one pick away for your number one pick. You know? Oh, no, they don't. They don't. That's true. So, Zerla, you better hope there's another moron in this draft class. It's gonna help you out or something, because <laughs> it ain't gonna be me again. I learned my lesson. No, I'm still happy. Yeah. Still happy. I love you, Preston. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. That's genuine. That's genuine. Okay. Well, hey. I know you're up at school. I appreciate your time today. How's the college life treating you? Thumbs up over there. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right. Well, college what's boy? one piece of advice for some young listeners here? Oh, this as is they're, classic. As they're maybe searching for college, mm-hmm. college experiences, anything. Give us one little tidbit. Something you've learned. Time management is the number one thing in college. If you can manage your time, you'll be successful. That's so cliche. Give simple. me a different one. <laughs> simple. Yeah, it's very simple. You, you got a tidbit? No, I was joking about it being cliche, but I think that the time management is like what most people struggle with. And the kids that figure it out early are the ones that well, let's can hear, handle their let's, business. Let's hear a non-cliche tidbit. What do you got? If it's so easy. Honestly, just like do the work. Like 
quit complaining about, yeah, I feel like all the time, at least maybe this was just the, you know, the group I was around, but it's like always, Oh, we got, we got this assignment or like mm-hmm. that, that assignment. It's like, you might as well just start doing it. Start. Don't, just, don't just, procrastinate. Yeah. Just, yeah. Don't procrastinate. I got a good piece of advice for you guys. This applies to all of life. And I told it to my friend this week um, because I've been training my buddy, Sam in the gym. And you know what it is? It is because you're not always feeling your best on your, on your best day. You know, sometimes you mm-hmm. wake up and you're tired. Sometimes you don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. You want to procrastinate. And you got to look yourself in the mirror and you say, sometimes you got to go to work when you're tired. That's right. It's just the reality of life. Yeah. yeah. Got to go to work when you're tired sometimes. But all right, Zerlag, well, I appreciate it, bud. And I will uh, see you soon. And good luck to you in the Cobras this year. You guys could surprise a lot of people. There's an opportunity on the table here to shock the world, I must say. Who is, who's a bigger shock factor this year, the Gators winning or the Cobras winning? Gators. You think so? Gators, yeah. People are bashing yeah. the Cobras for this trade, though. Yeah, but the Gators also don't have a have a draft pick, right? True. So the Cobras, you know, they're uh, in theory going to add some sort of contributing piece, right? It's a good point. Um, it's a good point. At least with our conversation with Drew, it seems like he he has his eyes on some options here. So mm-hmm. um, I think it'd definitely be the Gators. All right. Final words, Zerlag? Unless. Wait. Zerlag leads the Cobras on his back in a Cy Young type season performance and they get to the world series that way all right gators win the world series my hair goes turquoise cobras win the world series with a brendan zerlag cy young red yes done deal consider it done final words i mean i'm just excited for this year it's gonna be something different get the viewers what they want to see some have some fun and let's go cobras (laughs) (laughs) first time first time all right bud Appreciate it, and we'll all talk to you soon. Thanks, Brennan. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much again to Zerlag for joining us this evening for today's pod. Now, Jack, let's get into our whiffs of the week this week. You want to start us off? Sure. I'll start it off. Start it off. Um, so this week, um, we got paid out. The players of, the, of MLW got paid out for their jersey royalties. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, let's just say it was a little bit less than I thought it was going to be. Um, and that's not like, it's, it's not like I was hoping it was going to be like this, Mm -hmm. this, you know, a certain number or anything, Mm -hmm. but it was really like, dang it. it So to those of you who did buy an Agner Jersey, you guys are the real ones. You guys are the real ones for sure. Um, it can hurt. I agree. It was a little bit of a whiff. It was a little bit of a whiff. Cause it was like, you know, like I said, I didn't have like some certain number in my head, but then mm-hmm. when I saw the actual number, I was like, oof. yeah, I've been there, Jack. Yeah. I've been there because, well, think about it from my perspective too. So when we first launched shirts in 2017, that was our first year, I think it was, and it was on, maybe it was 2018 and it was all hosted through baseball lifestyle 101 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think I was the top seller that year. And I think it was like 10 years. It was like 10 shirts. I was number one. <laughs> yeah. Which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then some years pass. I don't remember. I wasn't following it as closely, of course. And then some guy came into the league called Jimmy Norp. Mm-hmm. While my career was also declining fast. Oh, yeah. And so when I came on full time, I would, you know, I would record every, I would see the analytics. I would record every single sale for a variety of different reasons. But I basically have to look at every transaction on our website. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So yeah, there's me on our site clicking through Jimmy Norp, Jimmy Norp, Jimmy Norp, Jimmy Norp. <laughs> and like once a week at most, I would see a Tommy Gaw picture. <laughs> like, just like, oh, where are all my fans, man? Where yeah. are all my fans? But, and it's funny too to see him change mm-hmm. because so as bad as my sales were three or four years later when our following had, you know, five X and my Jersey sales hadn't moved. Um, when I started to play good again, I started to sell more on the, Contrary, when the D-backs last year started out bad, it was incredible to see how much Jimmy Norp's jersey sales fell off. Like, it's unbelievable how fast things change. Yeah, he's doing okay. But it is funny to see the trends in the market, for sure. Is there there one... I mean, we don't... If you don't want to share this, that's fine. But was Mm -hmm. there one that was kind of, like, surprising? It's either good or bad. Pretty much what you'd expect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll give credit where credit's due. Jordan Curdy got a shirt this year, and boy, the King Curdy shirt. King Curdy, yeah, that boy needs to move into sales. I think in his in his future. I know he's a teacher <laughs> now, and I think he loves teaching. So shout out to him for finding something he loves. But he moved, I think, like like well into double digits, and they're nice. all like, he he sold his like his entire basketball team. He coaches all bought the shirt. That's right. Warm as their warm up. That's right. Like he moved so many to where my expectations were like, oh, he'll sell a couple. But no, he did really good. That's right. That's and awesome. Good for him. So good yeah. for you. Good for you. He did a great job. He did a great job because he's like, I need, Tom, a, I need to hire him well, as he's, a rep. He's texting a sales me. Rep for he's me. texting me. He's like, all my teammates are gonna buy it. All these kids I teach are gonna buy it. I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And the first day goes by, I'm like, yeah, you got five. Like that's pretty good for a first day. That's pretty good. And I'm like, now you're at ten. Like hours later, I'm like, now you're at fifteen. Now you're at twenty. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow, dude, these things are moving. So that was cool. That was one of my favorite parts of the the Black Friday shopping experience. That's awesome. Honestly. That's awesome. We should give out we should give out an award for actually no, we can't because then Jimmy will just win every year. I think I've I most at, most merch move. At, at one point I think I just texted like a picture of a trophy I found on Google and I like put crappy Snapchat text over it and I was like, You've won the Jimmy Norp Award for the third year in a row. <laughs> being, <laughs> the being Jimmy the most, Norp Award. The most jersey sales, yeah. But nice. he deserves it, man. He deserves it. He, he does. He, He's branded himself well. He's a great player. Represents the league so well. You know, he embodies what we are. I got to do so. better, better job branding. I mean, well, I at one, at one, uh, you know, one side of the foot says, "What a whiff." Mm-hmm. The other side, I say, "Man, what an opportunity! What an opportunity! What an opportunity! It's not to rebrand this year. It's not all about talent. That definitely helps. Like I said, mm-hmm. I see the ebbs and flows of the merchandise sales, but." You look at a guy, Jack, like Pat McAfee, who mm-hmm. was a punter in the NFL, who at one point was leading the Indianapolis Colts in jersey sales. Yeah, that's unreal. So you can do it with, with yeah. more than just talent. Yep. I got to come up with a strategy. <clears throat> come on. You, you're, you guys you're an NBA. Out there, you're an NBA. I'm going to come up with a strategy. You guys are going to see it in the videos. You listeners are going to know. They're going to be like, oh, this is this is part of the, this is what he's doing. This mm-hmm. is what he's doing. We'll see if it works. Well, you're also competing in a market with Grant Miller and RJ Walgate and AJ Ackerman. That's true. help you. That's and true. King Curdy. There's a lot of opportunities to, if you're a Magic fan, to get some stuff. But think about this. Maybe this is part of the, the early strategy. Mm-hmm. It's, Don't give away too much. It, I won't give away too much. But like this was just a first thought. It was like, sure, everyone's got a Patrick Mahomes jersey. Sure. Everyone's got a Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. jersey. But how many people have like a Legereus Sneed jersey? Or someone else, or like a Chris Jones jersey. Yeah, I'm like, with you on that. There, it's almost cooler to get the jersey of someone that's like a little bit under the radar because it's like, wow, you're a real, you yeah, get it, like I you're agree. you're a real fan. I you know agree. What I mean? You're talking to a guy who used to wear a Don Kelly jersey to Tigers. Exactly, back in the day. exactly. So you I'm, get it. I'm you on your wavelength for yeah, sure. Yeah. But does the average consumer think that way? 
I don't know. I mean, do you just want to be like everybody else at the event that has a Jimmy Norp jersey? Or do you want to like stand out with also our jerseys are we've been over this. I mean, <laughs> like take your pick. The You're magic, right. the magic. Right. Come on. You're right. Come on. You're right. I um yeah, we go to events and I just see I see like Norps, Drews, Alex. I'm like, where are the Tommies? When I see a Tommy, <laughs> I get excited. I, I get excited. I, I point you out right away. But yeah, it, it does feel good to Very see someone good. wearing a jersey. But well, we'll see. Strategies in, in the works. It's an opportunity. It's an not opportunity. A whiff. Yeah. Not a whiff. Um I'll move on to my whiff. I'll share my whiff. And to be honest, this is a good thing, but I I was having trouble thinking of things this week, Jack. That is good. That's usually good no thing. whiffs is good. Well, it could be also that you had so many whiffs you couldn't pick out just one. That that could be true. But I don't think that was the case this week. I couldn't think of anything detrimental that happened. No obvious whiffs. But <laughs> this this whiff I did want to share because it's an interesting thing I think we all go through at times, and it is in regards to birthdays. Mm. Now, it was my dad's birthday last week, on Tuesday actually, upload day. And I had already planned on going home, Jack, for birthday dinner. Um, we were going to go out, ended up staying home, and my mom cooked. But anyways, I, I knew it was his birthday. Like we, I called him the night before, coordinated the dinner plans, everything. I was like, yeah, we got the podcast. I'll finish that up. Then I'll come over. All that stuff. Well, then, yeah, you know, I'm up till 2 a.m. with the pod, up at 6. And the day gets moving, it gets moving. Then it was like 3 o'clock, and I was like, oh, I never called my dad. I wish him happy birthday. So even though like I was already planning on going home yeah. before the birthday, I never physically called and was like, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. So then I was kind of stuck with the dilemma, which happens often when someone close to you is birthday and you forgot to say something. Do you just like, do you call anyway and be like, oh, sorry, I'm late. Happy birthday. Or do you wait till you see him in person and be like, happy birthday. Like, obviously I knew it was your birthday the whole time. Yeah, you're in an awkward middle yeah, ground. Yeah, what do you do at that point? What's your strategy? Because my strategy was just, I'm just going to wait till I see him tonight. And I'll be like, happy birthday. Give him a hug type thing. I think if you uh, have that in the pipeline that you're like going to see them mm-hmm. either on that day. It was that or day. It was day of. The day of his birthday. Yep. Then you're clear. Clear? You don't need to call him in the morning. Okay. He's getting enough phone calls. You're going to see him later. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I yeah. think that way. I mean, I, I, I'm not really a person that's like, oh my gosh, like you didn't say happy birthday <laughs> to me. Like I, I'm not really like that, but I would take like an in-person happy birthday like that's more that means more anyway than Mm -hmm. like a phone call in my opinion too i mean sometimes you can only call people to wish them a happy birthday but i mean you got it in person like that's that's fine yeah if you get it even if you called him even if you couldn't see him and you called him late at like 11 i think you're still fine i just feel still on the birthday i clearly forgot but you want to say i forgot but it's obviously you did because you said something so late that's the debacle i was having mentally i mean he knows deep down that you didn't forget because you had this event yeah planned so yeah i knew you're you're good consciously knew it was his birthday dinner that day yeah i just was busy with the day i forgot to call him and then i felt bad about it and it felt like a whiff because i was like it's my dad i didn't call yeah you know no i've definitely i've definitely uh i've been there before where it happens yeah it happens man it happens calendar happy birthday dad sorry i didn't say happy birthday until i saw you later that day but no you're good all right, let's move on to NFL. This is probably our last week or second to last week discussing NFL. No more Lions, which is tragic. But Super Bowl matchup is set, Niners versus Chiefs. We didn't talk about it last week because we were salty. And what's your take on the game, Jack? Who do you got? I'm not doing it. I'm not going to watch. No, I'm just kidding. I was almost um, there, too. I, I mean, we, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before the show, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess from from a Lions fan perspective, it's like we should root for the Niners, uh, 
but it also hurts more if they win because like we felt like we should have won that game, even though it makes us look better if they win because we played them so tough. But you can, you can dance around that. You can all dance day. around it. Um, I also kind of want to just. I I feel like I'm in the minority here on this because I feel like most people kind of root for people to fail in like a weird way like like most people just want to see i mean it it does make sense it in one respect because an underdog story is always cool yes that 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 makes sense but on the flip side it also is really cool to like witness greatness and witness um dynasties like it's just really awesome i mean you see like a guy like nick saban who just retired and it's like man like he literally was that football program and they were like a no doubt national championship competitor like every year he coached there which Mm -hmm. is just like they're a dynasty so i think in one respect it'd be kind of cool um to see patrick mahomes like just keep ripping off super bowls as long as it didn't mean that the lions weren't you know didn't didn't steal any from the lions but i kind of feel like the chiefs will will win this one i think the chiefs will win this. okay so chiefs from jack Mm -hmm. okay uh, in regards to the Niners, Jack, I am 100% no doubt about it. If they win, I'm going to be ill. Yeah. I'm going to be sick because, while I think they're a great football team, I think last Sunday the Lions were the better team on the field and we just beat themselves. It wasn't, it wasn't like the Niners defense played incredible in the second half and did all this stuff, but we're dropping passes on third and fourth down. We're fumbling the ball in our own red zone. Just yep. things, to, things that will allow a team to make their biggest postseason comeback ever or whatever it was. Yep. So if they win, I'll be sick because that makes me think that we should have won. If the Chiefs win, I'll be like, all right, win to beat the Chiefs anyway. So I'll be able mm-hmm. to sleep a little better. And uh, I agree with everything you said about Patrick Mahomes. I have no reason to root against the guy. And what he's done is pretty remarkable considering he wasn't like the top quarterback in his class or anything like that. And really their season wasn't that good this year. This is like Jimmy Norp circa 2022. Yeah. Just turning it on in the postseason. Like, yeah. I did not expect the Chiefs to get this far at all. I mean, you're... Not making comparisons yet, but like it's it's similar, I feel like, to what Tom Brady did in his career, where it was just like the Patriots were in the playoffs every year, and then it was basically just a shoe in that they were going to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, cause he just, Tom Brady just like wins. Like, he just, he would just find ways to win. And Patrick Mahomes, like, they don't even have any receivers. Like, no. like it's, it's really crazy how they've, they've gotten to this point. Um, which I think is just like, that's what's cool. Is it's 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 kind of reminding you of that a little bit. And Obviously, s- he's got a long way to go before yeah, well, he like you were surpasses. You him, were but. saying, Jack, like don't want to make a comparison or anything. And I think the internet has kind of concluded like this is the time to do it. Like if he wins yeah. the Super Bowl, he's pretty much right on pace with Brady in terms of yeah. how old he is, how many rings he's won at that point, how many playoff games he's won at that point, touchdowns, interceptions. Like he's on pace, if not better, if he wins on Sunday. Yeah, which is wild. I mean, if you're like. That's what's so cool. Uh, debating the, I think he's like twenty eight or twenty nine, mm-hmm. and if he wins, this would be his third Super Bowl. And Brady had, did he win? Was his seventh S- with the Bucks or was it his sixth? I think it was his sixth with the Bucks. Well, you, either it, way, it might have been seven. It might have been seven. I think seven. It was seven. I'm, I'm not sure on that, but regardless, he played until he was forty five. I'm positive it was seven, or or however old he was, you know, into his forties, mm-hmm. um, to win those Super Bowls. So. It, it would be pretty pretty incredible um, for Patrick Mahomes to to win another one. 
Also would be crazy if Brock Purdy won one. Brock Purdy, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's an example of just capitalizing on opportunities. Mm-hmm. I read something or watched a video that described sort of his career path and essentially like what happened at Iowa State for him was exactly what happened at San Francisco. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think he had too too many offers coming out of high school. And then I think when he was a true freshman, the starting quarterback at Iowa State got injured. He took over and never looked back. Mm-hmm. And then in San Francisco, it was Grappolo and Lance that went down. Mm-hmm. And then he stepped in and never looked back. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It is it's, cool. He, this is a guy who had those not not wishing injuries upon anybody, but had those injuries not occurred, he may have never started an NFL game in his life. Yeah, ever. Yeah, it Talk is about really cool making the most of what you're given. Like I think it's execution. Also, that's my word. Like that's yeah. what he did. It's crazy and good for him. But I, I think it's also like a, a testament to the sort of like stick to itiveness of someone like that stick-to-itiveness i'm pretty sure that's a word define it on the screen um please um but you know with this transfer portal stuff now it's kind of just like you know i feel like it's sort of leading into like well what's in it for me kind of for a lot of athletes where it's like oh well i'm not gonna play here like right Mm -hmm. away like i'm just gonna leave like Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna go somewhere else and that's not always like the most rewarding, the most rewarding thing. You know, sometimes like being in that backseat and like learning from someone um, and practicing more and waiting for the, for that opportunity um, when it presents itself so that, you know, you're ready when you get that opportunity. Um, I don't know. I think there's something to that too, but I will say, I feel like the Niners have a lot of like really likable guys on their team. Like, Purdy, Kittle, uh, Kittle, like McCaffrey, um, like their offense is just like electric. Like Debo, I think Debo will probably, probably he'll probably play. Yeah, um, yeah, like they they just have weapons. I feel like people just don't like Patrick Mahomes because like he's really good and has like a weird voice. <laughs> yeah, I I will say I, I always look forward to the Super Bowl. It's always a good time. My family hosts a party, but. This one will be tough to stomach, selfishly speaking, as a Lions fan. I do wish it was us, and that hurts my heart and soul. However, I hope you still have a good time enjoying the game, as I always do. And I hope it's a good game. I really don't care who wins. Like I said, I'll be sick if the Niners win, but I just want a good game to watch. Yeah. Nothing worse than the year ending on a bad game. I also don't want any disputes, because last year's ending was kind of like... Huh? The field. What do you mean, the field? Well, it was the field, and it was also that that flag. The flag is what I was referring to. But a lot of Eagles fans were because did you the field? Yeah, because there. Don't you remember how there were so many players like slipping like all over, and it was it's always it was like a lot of like at least the Eagles fans were like it was all the Eagles players, and Mm -hmm. somehow they didn't get the memo on the turf or whatever, and all the Chiefs switched their cleats or something like that. Like it was like that was part of it too. But the flags what I was referring to. I know, yeah. The and flag hate the flag was things a big come thing. down to that. So if we can have another good game like last year was, but eliminate any disputes like that at the end, I'd be content with another exciting season of NFL. Despite, make sure we know who reported. Yes, make sure we know who reported. Despite the bones that Jack and I have picked throughout this last fall and now early winter, I guess I should say. Uh, I do enjoy watching NFL football, probably my favorite sport to follow. And I'm sad it's over. 
<laughs> Jack, Jack, can you tell everybody what your wife said about this past weekend, please? It's funny. So the, <clears throat> this this weekend, number one, I was kind of like, dang, like no football on. This uh-huh. sucks. Um, and at one point she goes, this has been the most fun weekend like we've had in such a long time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because there's no football on. She's like, oh. That's why. <laughs> Did you feel like a bad husband in that moment? Uh, a little bit. It made me. Th- it definitely made me think a little bit about where I was spending a lot of my time. I'll say that. It's hard. I'll say that. It's hard to but not. It's, so, it's hard to not. It's hard not to. But I always tell her, I'm like, you know, th- like this is the last week, like leading up. It's like this mm-hmm. is then it's then we don't get it till September f- fall. So yeah. yeah, it's like you get all that time where there's no football on Sundays, and I'm not really. Um, I mean, there's tons of other sports to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, in that window, outside of golf, with golf, which like I'm not really like glued to the TV by yeah. any means, or like really need to watch it. I'll throw it on if we're not doing anything. But I'm not. I'm not revolving my whole week around the golf tournament like I am for the football. for the football. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But um, yeah, it's kind of it's the give and take, the balance, mm-hmm. the balances. Or like I said, you got to have a little bit. A little bit of balance. So, well, you got your man back. Yep, that's good. He's back. He's back, folks. I'm back. I'm and back. you're an uncle now. I'm back. I'm an uncle. You're an uncle. Congratulations. I'm an uncle. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. So appreciate that. No problem. Very awesome. All right. Well, to conclude things here, the next video on the MLW main channel will be Jack. Drum roll, please. The 2023 tour. That's it. That's the announcement. Tour video is next, so that includes tournaments. That includes all the out-of-state series we did. That includes the collaboration with Mark Rober and some behind-the-scenes footage from that event. And that includes one more thing, which was, oh, our national tournaments being like UFs and and WLA and our experiences there. So it's going to be a video that is segmented into four parts, being those four things I just described. Similar to last year's style, being it'll be kind of a Kyle talking head confessional Mm -hmm. while... There's some footage happening as well, some B-roll, but also different that we are categorizing it not 100% chronologically, but more so into event type. Got it. So we just recorded that this past Saturday down here in the studio, and then I think the target upload date is about two and a half weeks from now. So sit tight. Although Kyle said he got a good start on already. He hit the ground running. Okay. So maybe you'll get it even as soon as the 16th, I think, is the Friday. If not, then then you'll get it on the 23rd. So that will be the next video on the main channel. And for those of you who are at tournaments and want to see some footage from where you were at, see if you made the video, this is the one to tune into. You guys ask that all year on TikTok in the comments. I see them all. When's the tour? When's the tournaments? So We have some tournaments already on the schedule. You want to plug those already? We do. You can sign up for the Midwest Slugfest, which I think is happening on April 20th and 21st in Peoria, Illinois. Jack, this is our fifth tournament there. That I crazy. I hadn't gone to a tournament since like the first one we hosted in Ohio. And I got to go to this one last year. It was so much fun. So awesome. Got the dub. Um, but electric, it was so much fun. Um, you guys should all sign up if you're, you know, in the area or can make it such a blast. Well said. All right. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in once again. A little bit less drama. I do apologize for you drama queens out there, but a great interview with Brendan and some good talk amongst Jack and myself here in Mm -hmm. studio. So good episode. And Dallas Allen turned 18 years old today on the date of this recording. And we will see you all next week.
Let's go.